Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Haunted Historian podcast. For those of you tuning in from last week's episode, Horror on the Home Front Part 1, this week's installment is meant to tie everything together and conclude the story with the final remnants of paranormal activity that plagued my adolescence. For those who haven't yet heard Part 1, I would highly recommend you go back and do so before proceeding with this particular episode. The stories you are about to hear recount some of the most terrifying accounts ever experienced by myself, and which are largely responsible for the inspiration of the haunted historian. So sit tight, turn off the lights, and enjoy the show. My girlfriend at the time, uh, she came over after school and we went up to my room to do homework. And I mean that truthfully. It wasn't like some hanky panky thing or whatever. We, we genuinely went up there to do homework. You hanky know, panky? Yeah, that's what people call it. <laughs> we weren't going up there to do anything of a sexual nature. We were going up there to genuinely do schoolwork. We were in so many of the same classes. Sure. And I don't want to brag, but we were in a lot of AP classes. So it took a lot of uh, brain power to get this work done sometimes. Right. Anywho, <laughs> the, the point of the story, my, this was my final experience inside of the house. What happened was we were up there, books out, papers out, pencils out, doing work. And we're talking, of course, while we're studying and taking care of the work up there. And I just tell her about it. I'm like, be quiet. After like five minutes of being up there, she's like, what? I'm like, did you hear that? And she looks at me all confused and she's like, no, I didn't hear anything. Are your parents home or something? And I'm like, no, my parents shouldn't be home for hours. She's like, well, but what about your brothers? One of them probably just got home from school too. And I'm like, well, Colin's obviously in Columbus now. He goes to Ohio State. But Shane should be at soccer practice for the next couple hours. But I walk out of the room and I look down uh, from the window in my parents' bedroom across the hall where we can see that driveway to see that nobody's car is there. Uh, I yell down, mom, dad, when are you guys there? Nobody's there. Nobody says anything. So I thought it was like the AC kicking on or something, or maybe we heard a loud car go by outside, or I did at least. I went back in the room, closed the door again, and I sat down. We continued working. And I don't think it was more than five more minutes that this time she tells me me to be, be quiet. I ask her what's up. And she says, is that what you were talking about? I, I didn't hear anything. I look at her, her I'm like, did you hear something? She's like, yeah, I thought I heard the same footsteps you were talking about. And I look at her I'm like, well, where did you hear? And she says, it sounded like they were coming up the stairs. Do you be sure nobody's home? And I open the door back up, nobody's there. This time I go downstairs, I open the garage door. No cars are here, doors are locked, everything's fine. I'm yelling around, nobody's there. It is just her and I in the house. And so I go back upstairs this, this time. Uh, when I do, I bring up a knife from the kitchen. because I think it's weird that we're both hearing this. And I'm always paranoid that somebody's going to break into the house when I'm there alone. I'm one, of, I'm one of those guys. And we sit down. Another five minutes goes by. 
And this time we both hear it. And we don't both hear it just because we're like on our tiptoes at that point. It was thunderous. It shook the door. We were sitting there talking and laughing and you just hear what sounds like a 500 pound man in work boots stomping up the stairs and speeding across the landing. And the most harrowing, hair-raising thing about it is that you saw a shadow pass by the door as though whatever was out there just walked by our door and went into my parents' room. I was petrified and I immediately handed her the knife. I have a, a bat under my bed. I brought that out and I told her, I'm like, wait here. Like, I'm gonna check my parents' room real fast. She's like, somebody obviously went in there. I'm like, well, it's obviously one of my brothers messing with us. I throw open the door, nothing there, of course. I search all throughout my parents' room. She's standing in the doorway of my room. Nothing's moving by her. She doesn't hear anything. She doesn't see anything. No one's in there. No one's in there at all. And it was just kind of the final nail in the coffin for her. She would never come over to my house again. After hearing and seeing that shadow, she would not come there again. And I remember being all annoyed by that. I told my friends about it and they tell me, well, Connor, that's why we don't like coming to your house. And we're like, what do you mean like coming to my house? It's like whenever we're there, something weird happens. You hear footsteps or you hear something eerie. And when you watch the show, My Paranormal Nightmare, my friend actually recounts younger years when we were hanging out playing Xbox at my house, and he heard really weird footsteps thundering across the landing. And I remember he left. I never knew necessarily that that was why, but yeah, they never really came around after that. And so my friends didn't want to be there. Uh, my girlfriend didn't want to be there. Honestly, I didn't want to be there, but we were moving out soon. We were going to, uh, we were going to college. Uh, separate colleges, but it's at college that I would have my final experience. But you can imagine how just absolutely horrifying that was when it had been quiet for six years and now you're much older and all of a sudden something's happening again. Hands down, what happened, the one final time I ever experienced something in a location I was living was in college, and it was, I'll be honest, it brought me to tears. It was truly harrowing. I thought I was in such danger. It was bone chilling. And do you think, you know, before we get into that, is are any of these things connected? It feels like they're all different things happening. Uh, I mean, with this man in the boots, you can maybe assume it was the person who was putting on the suit. You can also maybe assume it was the person that was messing around with the radio and opening and closing those cabinets. You know, do you think these are all connected or are they are they separate? You know, they there is such a case to make for it being connected to say that something making the sounds the same thing that you saw and was the same things playing with the doors and messing with the radio and the same thing that was patting your your head as a kid but it, it was always just so baffling because if it's been there this entire time this one thing why have we only encountered it like 
a dozen times over the course of two decades and always encountered it in a different and escalating way. Hmm. And we, so we, we always just had it in our mind that it was something different, that these were never the same things. Sometimes it was nurturing. Sometimes it looked like your brother. Sometimes it sounded like a grown man getting ready to storm down your door and attack you. You know, sometimes it was messing with technology. Sometimes it was doing poltergeist activity. It looked like a small shadow figure. It looked like a grown man putting on a suit. We didn't know what to make of it. And you look back and you hear that stuff. And it's almost 101 activity and personality for a spirit that was never a human. For something that's just far darker and is able to take form and do whatever at once. Now you have my attention. <laughs> I if I if I had stuck around, it would have had my attention as well. As I got older and started getting into this, I'm sure I would have delved into my house a lot deeper. But it was ingrained in me enough from experiencing as a kid that I just didn't have it in me. And I moved away. I was going to a branch campus for OSU for the first year uh, in Mansfield, Ohio, very near the Mansfield Reformatory, which was pretty cool. <laughs> but, uh, one thing I've always done, I had a small group of friends all throughout high school that we would go to the Thursday evening late premieres of horror movies. For those of you who don't know, any horror movie that comes out, they have two showings of it the night before it comes out at like 11 and midnight. And we would all in a small little group, we'd go out like at 11 o'clock or midnight on these Thursday nights, which is a school night, no less. So it was pretty cool to us. And we'd watch these horror movies. And I did the exact same thing in college by myself. You know, nobody wanted to go see a late night horror movie, but I did. And it wasn't a horror movie this time. I went to go see Interstellar and nobody wanted to come for how late it was, especially with it being like near a three hour movie. And I get home back to my apartment, which I share with four other guys, five total, including myself. And it's around 2 a.m. I walk down the hall to the end of the doors where my room is in this small little semicircle of three other doors that lead to other people's bedrooms. And I change out of the movie clothes. I'm getting ready for bed, you know, making sure things are ready for school the next day. And I'm laying down to fall asleep. And no sooner do I lay down in bed than the lights out in the hall click on. And which, you know, isn't even a thought in my mind when it happens because there's five of us living there and one of us is usually up no matter the hour of what's going on. So I thought somebody was out there and it sounded like it was one of the two guys further towards the beginning of the hall because I didn't hear the two doors next to mine in that small semicircle open up. So I hear footsteps and they're coming down towards our side of the hall. So I think maybe they're coming to the second restroom that's closer to us because they were notorious for just trashing their restroom. And it comes into the small semicircle, this, the, the person, whoever it was, one of my roommates that I believed it was, and it just stands there. And there are huge gaps at the base of our door so you can see anything walking by. And you just see this shadow, the same sort of shadow I saw run by my house back in the Dayton area. And it just stands there.
I thought maybe someone heard me come home and they need something. So I yell out there like Nick or Ray, the two guys who live down closer down the hall. I'm like, you guys need something? You good? I don't get any kind of response. It just stands there. And I'm getting ready to get up and go open the door and see what they need. Like, why are they guys up at 2 a.m.? <laughs> but while that shadow is standing there hovering outside my door, the lights flick off. Now, this is weird because this figure didn't move and the lights are a good 10 feet away. Like, it can't turn off the lights and stand there. Mm-hmm. And so that happened. And I kind of like pushed myself back in my bed a bit. And I'm just like, what? Are they playing a prank on me or something? So I just kind of lay back down. I turn my TV on and I'm going to sleep. And I think it was like 10, 15 minutes into laying there. I hear this creaking. And it sends a shiver down my spine like I've never experienced in my life because I know exactly what the creaking is. It's the closet in my bedroom opening up. And I think, holy shit, did one of these guys wait in my closet to scare me when I came home? And so I just turn around in bed and I look over there. No one's in the closet. And at this point, I mean, do you think it's something paranormal or are you thinking it's roommates? I, to this point, I had thought it was roommates. But when I sat up and I looked over there at the closet, nobody's in there but the doorknob just hit the wall. The door is completely open. I kind of start to get this weird feeling in the pit of my stomach, like what the hell's going on? So I just sort of sit there staring at it. I don't know what to do. I lay back down in bed and I just keep my eyes open and I'm listening. I'm almost anticipating something. And then one of the most horrifying thing that has ever happened to me in my 27 years, even to this day and going around the country investigating this stuff. I heard the same thunderous footsteps come out of the closet. And what's the most horrifying part about it, I had a lofted bed and like a lot of college guys, I had a little setup under there. I had like a beanbag and Christmas lights down there. They come out of the closet and you hear this thing this thud jump on the beanbag and you hear the beanbag and i am petrified beyond measure i am laying in bed wide wide eyed like literally teary eyed so i'm like something is right below me and it's something big and so then i can hear the drawers starting to open and i turn my head around i look over there don't see it happening but two of my drawers like holding my clothes are wide open and I just lay there all night eyes shut I am this close to yelling out for my roommates like get in here someone get in here break down the damn door they're flimsy ass college doors you can do it in a second (laughs) I was I was so close to screaming as well like yeah Christian sentiment like you don't scare me get out of my room please for the first time in my life that's how close this thing was to me and somehow I fell asleep and I woke up the next day sun shining through and I walk out into the hallway very wearily I was scared to even turn around in the broad daylight of my room 
And I think I came home at 2 a.m. last night. Like I could have imagined all of that. But I think, you know, I didn't see a horror movie. I wasn't thinking about anything. Nothing weird has ever happened here. Like, why would my mind just think that and make that happen? Why would it be so real? I saw these things. When I woke up, the closet door was closed. The drawers were closed. And I thought, I don't know, this is just what, this is what people experience when they say that they had the most real dream they've ever had. And I assume that's what it was. But nonetheless, when I went out there and I told my roommates what happened last night, I was on the verge of tears. I was like, I have never been so scared. Mm-hmm. I thought there was something really big under me, really powerful, and it was about to fucking get me. And they're like, dude, that's so weird. And uh, one of them is just like, I swear to God, Connor, you go bring in that shit into this, into our apartment. Like, that's just, that's, don't do it. <laughs> do <laughs> right. do just, it. just keep that away. And I guess what was like the final goodbye? All five of us are standing in the middle of the hallway talking about it because one of the guys like doing his laundry there in the middle of the, in the middle of the hall and whatnot. And I'm talking about it. And I'm just like, I'm just saying that was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. And I've shared my stories of what happened in my house as a kid with all of you. And they're like, well, maybe the place is haunted. And I shit you not on cue, every light in the hall, there's like three different lamp lights. They just dim down almost as though the bulbs are all about to burst and lights turn like pinkish green and just die down entirely and they just look at me and they're like god damn it Connor (laughs) (laughs) you brought this to our apartment take care of it we went out to a catholic church that day we got holy water we were blessing the apartment and throwing things everywhere we all stayed up the next night and we were ready to see what the hell happened nothing did and to this day some seven or eight years later nothing has ever happened again Hmm. and had those lights not happened i would have thought i imagined the whole thing and my final experience was back in my house with my girlfriend but those lights sealed it for me like no what you experienced was real you've never been asleep when this stuff has happened and that's the same deal last night you weren't asleep when this happened right you were moving you were turning around you were sitting up you saw it with your own eyes like i don't know and I never got answers to any of it. I can only theorize left and right. And truly, to this day, I've been paranormal investigating for the better part of a decade, and that is my motivating force. Trying to help locations who have similar experiences, but don't know how to explain it, or help families, locations, and individuals who want to put more of an understanding, or a name, or a history, or a reasoning behind what's taking place inside of their walls. Mm-hmm. I might never be able to get those answers for myself, I would imagine at this point, but I'm going to make damn sure that I can help everybody else get those answers. And it's that sentiment that the haunted historian was born from. If you've had a paranormal experience of your own, reach out to the Haunted Historian team at hauntednarrative at gmail.com or message us on Instagram and your story can be featured on a future episode of the show. 
And be sure to check out this week's show notes to find links to the Haunted Historians Instagram and Facebook channels, where you can follow along with the team for weekly content on some of the world's most haunted destinations, while keeping an eye on where we're planning to head next. The Haunted Historian podcast is written by Connor Gossel and produced by Josh Hughes, with original scoring created by Tyler Quinn. 